Welcome to the Ferris Love Shrine podcast, where we share spiritual and practical ideas for how to live family life with a beautiful, self-sacrificing love. In this episode, we're talking with Catherine Danuzzo, licensed professional counselor and author of The Catholic Guide Through Anxiety. Welcome, Catherine. Oh, I am so excited to be here. I'm looking forward to chatting today about my favorite topic, which is anxiety. Yes, yes. This is great. So we had episode 10 and episode 11 of our podcast was about anxiety in our children. So we thought this is perfect. We'll bring you on and we'll talk a little bit more about specifically our own anxiety as adults, as parents. Mm -hmm. And how do we kind of navigate this? How do we talk about this, especially through the Catholic lens, etc.? Absolutely. I'm excited. Good. All right. So let's just dive right in from your kind of clinical experience, right, as a professional counselor. Um, do you see anxiety being something that's more common today in adults, um, as it is among children, or is it always been there and we just haven't acknowledged it? Like, what are you seeing? Well, honestly, I think it's a little bit of both. And if you were to read my book, you're going to learn that I come from a perspective of God made our bodies and our brains amazing to keep us alive and to love us. Right. Yeah. But sometimes we have stimulus that our body sees and says, oh my gosh, like this is dangerous, but it's not. Right. Right. And so that's really where anxiety lies, where, so the book talks about what is happening in our brains when we feel anxious and like how Mm -hmm. it's actually a really good response. And it keeps us Hmm. alive when there's a bear and we have to run or fight from the bear, but it's not so good when it's going to my in-laws house or it's, Helping, you know, the first day of school or going to that new mom's group or, you know, talking to that hard conversation with my husband or meeting those new friends. And so I kind of like take those together. So if we understand that our anxiety lies in our brains and I call it the animal brain. So there's two parts of the brains we talk about. So if you take your hand like a fist if our listeners do that and they push it up to the sky, your arm is like your spinal cord, right? And then if you take your finger up your arm into the middle of your hand, that's where this part of your brain called the limbic system is. And the Mm -hmm. limbic system's job is to keep you alive. It regulates your hormones, your respiration, all of that. And it's the part that says you're safe or you're not safe. And then it goes up into the front where like our forehead is, which is our frontal cortex, our higher level thinking. And it says, okay, well, if we're not safe, what are we going to do? How are we going to process this? But when there's a bear, the the limbic system or what I call the animal brain takes over. And it's like, oh my gosh, I got to take over. I got to keep us safe. Mm-hmm. So has anxiety increased? Yes. Tons. Mm-hmm. in our kids in our adults. And that's because we are living in a state in our world right now where we're in fight or flight for a really long time. I think there's Mm -hmm. an overall feeling that people aren't realizing how impactful the pandemic was. And so there was a scientist once who talked about the uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And this Mm -hmm. is like a pyramid. Think about the food pyramid. And the bottom is like our safety. And then Mm. it's like feeling, and that's like our food and safety and all of those biological needs. And then it goes to feeling like connected with our family. And we go up this until we can fully be ourselves. 
Mm-hmm. Well, what happened with the pandemic for us and our kids mm-hmm. is that in one day, those right. bottom tiers were just taken away. Yeah, gone. And something that we never thought would happen has now mm-hmm. happened. And right. so what did we do? Our brains worked amazingly and we fought or flight. We we got in the fight or flight response and we joined in with our communities and we're like, we can do this for a little bit. And mm-hmm. then our brains are like, wait, it's been a long time. Like this is not back to normal. I'm tired. Exactly. And I feel like the increase, like to kind of go back to your question, the increased anxiety, we have to understand that like we have put our brains under a pressure that they weren't made to be under. We weren't created to be in fight or flight this long. And even if you sat in the pandemic at home and you're like, no one got sick and everything was fine. The fact that you couldn't go to grandma's house is scary to that animal brain. To our kids, like I ate the same cereal every day. And now that cereal's missing. And to our animal brain, it's like, And our thinking brain keeps telling us, it's okay, you're fine, don't worry. And our animal brain's like, but no, it's scary. And this phenomenon has been going on for a long time and overall increasing the anxiety of most people. Sure, that makes total sense. Um, beyond, I'm curious, beyond the pandemic, which is one of the big factors that you, you know, have already (laughs) highlighted very clearly, are, are you seeing other things that are kind of driving this increase, especially like in adults? Um, of anxiety? Well, absolutely. I mean, in our church, there's a lot of unknown and a lot of friction within various groups. Um, there, you know, I, I'm not always a fan of the world. So if you ask me and I say the world, it's not always the kindest term, but mm-hmm. we live in a world that needs you to click and they need you to check the story. And so mm-hmm. what are most of the stories that we read? A recession's coming. There's going to be supply issues. You might not get that cereal. What is? We're living in a state right now of unknown and a place mm-hmm. where our brains would once say, oh, that would never happen. Sure. But the pandemic taught our brains, wait, things can happen. And mm-hmm. so I do feel like just the state of the world that we're in is very unsettling. There's not a lot yeah. of places to just rest in comfort. And I think that's mm-hmm. adding to where it's just growing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I can see that a hundred percent. So I'm curious because I feel like often adults and I think especially parents are like a little bit like fake it till you make it. Like I have no idea what I'm doing, but like, I'm going to, I'm going to like power through, I'm going to do this. Like it's fine. Um, but all adults, parents are not. And, but what, from your kind of clinical perspective, like what are some indicators to be like, oh, this is actual anxiety as opposed to like, oh, I'm just a little stressed or like, I can push through. Like, what are the indicators that I have anxiety as an adult? Well, and some people might debate with me on this, but I would say most people suffer from anxiety. Like I would like to have a long talk with the people who say they don't. Um, (laughs) And my, and, and the thing is stress can be made into worry. Worry is anxiety. What are things I can't control? Right. Mm -hmm. So I would say that most people function on some basic level of anxiety um, on a regular basis. But the question is, what do we do about it? Um, Mm. On my website, I talk about what is mental wellness, which is like, 
I can look at this pandemic or I can look at a recession or I can look at a job change and I can say, okay, like it's reasonable to be nervous about this. Like there's Mm -hmm. a lot of unknown. And then mental wellness is like, okay, what support system do I have to help me through that? What ways can I manage this? How can I keep moving forward so that I'm making decisions in my life, not my anxiety? Mm -hmm. Now, if you look at that and you're like, no, my anxiety makes most of my decisions. Like I'm not going to apply for that job because I'm too scared. I'm not going to go to that new mom's group or I'm not going to visit that new church because I'm too afraid of what people might think of me. That's when I would say, I always tell my clients, my goal is for you to make decisions in your life, not your anxiety. So when you know you're really struggling is when your anxiety is kind of leading more of your life than what you would choose on your own. Sure, 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 sure. That makes sense. Um, I mean, to your point of like, okay, so we all have anxiety, which I think, you know, is clear. You look at any of your friends or your family members and you're like, okay, like we all have things, right, that Mm -hmm. cause us stress. What how do we know when, when it's gotten too, too out of control? Like you mentioned, like, okay, anxiety is making all the decisions. What are some other factors? Like we'd be like, okay, like my anxiety is taking over as opposed to just one of the many things that I'm navigating as an adult, as a human. Well, I think the first thing is you're going to notice the physical signs, right? So literally a lot of digestive issues can be related to anxiety, Um, I'm not sleeping. Um, I would say you're isolating. You know, you're not going and seeing those people that you used to see because depression and anxiety are very closely related. And a lot of times it starts with, I feel anxious and I call it the hamster wheel. So I feel this anxious response and I don't like it. Well, now I'm anxious that I'm anxious. Well, now Mm -hmm. I'm really mad at myself that I'm anxious that I'm anxious, which makes me even more anxious. And now I'm like sad and mad at myself for these feelings and they just keep growing and growing and growing. And so I would Mm -hmm. say, again, those things where if you're not living your life, if you feel that like you're not going to those events, I mean, you're not enjoying your, your marriage and your children and you can't see those moments where the, where there's good, but all you see is fear then Mm -hmm. I would highly recommend like looking into seeing like, how can I learn some tools to help me with this so that I can manage it? You know, Mm -hmm. I have no power to make scary unknown things go away. Cause if I did, I would give Mr. Amazon a run for his money. I would be like going to space for fun. Like that's what everybody wants to do. But the reality is like, sometimes we need to learn tools and, Mm -hmm. um, I think that if you're feeling like that, a lot of time there's a hopelessness that we feel, like a stuckness. And how I would say is that's normal to feel, like it's common to feel hopeless, but there Mm -hmm. are so many tools and support systems and different ways to like help you through that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you're feeling that like helplessness, hopelessness, um, I think is a good sign. Yeah. Um, You know, since you brought it up, tools. Can, what are some of the tools that could easily, we could easily do like from home? Cause maybe I think too, we've talked about this in previous episodes as well. Like therapy is really daunting to some people, right? Like it's a, it's a very scary reality. Um, so maybe before someone's ready to like jump into like, I need to see a therapist to get help with this. What would be some tools or techniques that we could use to try and reduce some of that anxiety? Yeah. And the first and most important thing, if, if your listeners can take anything from this message And it is very much like 
told in my book over and over again is that the first step is realizing that you are not bad because you suffer from anxiety. That it is a natural and good response that is just Mm -hmm. to the wrong stimulus, right? Right. I tease it in my book of like, by the end, I hope you can thank God for your anxiety. And people are like, what? No way. It's so bad. Like that can't be. But like, if we can actually realize that like, this doesn't make me bad. It's not Mm -hmm. a weakness. Like I have lots of very intelligent people who suffer from anxiety and they're like, I'm so smart in all these other ways. Why do I keep falling into this anxiety? And there's really a biological cause that we can understand. So the the mm-hmm. reality is, is the first step is realizing that you are good, that God created you good, you are loved, and you are absolutely enough. And anxiety doesn't change that. Yeah. And then we can start working on all the things that you most commonly hear, but now we do them with intentionality and kindness to ourselves instead of as a bully to ourselves, and they work. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about why taking deep breaths calm your heart rate and tell Mm -hmm. your animal brain, like, we're we're not in danger, right? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about what grounding is, right? So anxiety tends to either live, I say, kind of outside of the present. So it's either Mm -hmm. living in the future in the past. And so grounding is a technique where you can sit in your room and you can start to feel your heart rate going up. You can feel the tension in your muscles. You can feel it kind of growing and you can say, okay, I know. I actually talk to my animal brain. I say, animal brain, I know you're afraid of something, but we're actually Mm -hmm. safe. And then I ground myself, which is like, is my computer cold? Like I'm going to feel the cold. I'm going to hear my air condition going. I'm going to taste the bitterness of my coffee and I'm going to bring my mind back here. Um, Also, I'm a big believer in the rosary and for anxious people, they say, Oh, the rosary. Like I'm so worried. What if I have like, have I prayed nine? Have I prayed 11? Did I meditate? Right? Like it always like makes you more anxious when you say like, have you thought of the rosary? But Mm -hmm. I'm a big believer in putting it on the audio and just, yeah. um, it's mm-hmm. very meditative. There's like a cadence to the rosary and it's mm-hmm. very much like being rocked by your mother. Yep. And so yep. using those, your senses to trigger that animal brain, like we're safe mm-hmm. and we're going to be okay. We're going to take those steps. So those are my first. And then the last that I think is important and where most people get stuck is they want the fix now. Right. Mm. American McDonald's. Give it my way right away. Exactly. The stress hormones that give us anxiety are the are just like alcohol. Like when you drink a couple beers, you can't will yourself sober. Your body has to process that in your system. And so Mm -hmm. sometimes we have to give ourselves 15 to 30 minutes of like doing that calming to like Mm -hmm. let my body process the stress hormone that I've already put into it. So giving yourself the gift of time, loving yourself, giving yourself grace as you use the tools, make them all more effective. Mm-hmm. What I find so interesting about a lot of what you're saying here is also, you know, to kind of combat this or, or work through it, maybe is the better way to say it. Like you also need to be very aware kind of of your body and like the body, mm-hmm. mind, heart, soul connection in that. You have to be aware that you're feeling this anxiety, that you're feeling anxious, that your heart rate is increasing. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to then take all these techniques and tools 
that you use. And I think for a lot of people, that's probably one of the hardest steps is like being able to step back and even acknowledge like, yes, actually I have anxiety right now. Like, yes, actually this is causing me, you know, to be anxious or upset. Do you see that in your practice? Oh, absolutely. And there's been studies done, which is called biofeedback, where they test your stress response. And mm-hmm. most people are actually producing the stress hormones 10 to 15 minutes before they are even able to acknowledge it. So if you think about that as like a, a faucet in your kitchen, the water is going and you don't see it till the sink is pretty full and you're like, ah, right. And so yeah. the key is to start becoming aware of that. Like once you're anxious, start feeling it. And then the mm-hmm. key is to give yourself grace because you're just learning the skill. So you're right. Mm-hmm. Most people, when they first start, it takes a while. But the more mm-hmm. you do it, the more your brain gets used to acknowledging it until you're, it's more automatic. Like, oh, I feel that heart rate going up. Okay, I'm going to do this. And then the mm-hmm. response actually yeah. is less after time. Sure. Makes total sense. Got to keep working at it. Um, so in your tools and techniques, you mentioned some things like the rosary or even acknowledging like that we are good, that we're made mm-hmm. by God, you know, that we're his children. So walk us through a little bit kind of your book in general, right? The Catholic Guide Through Anxiety. And what is or what do you see as the Catholic response to anxiety? How does our faith help? Like, talk us through that a little bit. Okay, so the the foundation of my book is that God made us good. Mm-hmm. And anxiety makes us feel like we are not enough. If mm. you boil down most people's anxious feelings, there mm-hmm. is a fear that I am not enough. Mm. Mm-hmm. So the whole beginning of the book is I am going to biologically show you why you are absolutely enough. And I am going okay. to reject that hypothesis. And you're okay. going to have, it's not fruity and fluffy. It's very like, I'm going to tell you the science of why you are absolutely wonderfully made and Mm -hmm. understand that. And then the second part of the book is like, okay, once we understand how our brains work and what is happening with anxiety, let me tell you why taking deep breaths work. Let me Mm. tell you why drinking caffeine right before you go to bed does not help our racing our thoughts at night, right? Let's talk about how do we go to sleep? Here's some tools to help us like, be able to put those concrete thoughts down and give them to Jesus for the night so that we can sleep. And so it, it weaves like the beauty of the sacraments, like grace and God's love for us. And how, if we know how we're made, we can Mm -hmm. see that God knew the whole time what we were going to need. And he gave us everything in the church. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, prayer is a big part of that, but like, example of adoration. Okay. Mm -hmm. When we go to adoration, not only are we in front of God and there's the spiritual benefits of it, but it is quiet. Mm -hmm. It is calming. There's the lights and the smell of the candles. And it is like, yes, this fills our heart, right? Confession. Mm -hmm. Let's think about how much of our, I'm not enough are things that we've Mm -hmm. done in the past. That God is like, look, I already forgave you of those. Like, we're so good. Right. It's like, right. he knew that. And, you know, we talk a lot with my clients about how confession, if we think about it, like God instituted that before he, he died and, and redeemed the world, knowing we mm-hmm. were probably not going to do too well. He's like, these humans <laughs> are going to struggle. Like, I'm going to yeah. give them this ahead of time. 
And so really trying to help people see that, like, these struggles don't make you a bad Catholic or you're not faithful Mm -hmm. enough. It was God saying, hey, look, humans, you're going to struggle. I'm going to give you everything you need in our faith to help support Mm -hmm. you. Does that mean you don't struggle? No. It means Mm -hmm. I got a tool belt for when I do. Mm hmm. I love that. I feel like a lot of people can see anxiety as um, proof that your faith isn't strong enough, right? Or you don't have enough or you need Mm -hmm. to pray harder and that kind of a thing. And this, I think this is interesting, like your take on it is kind of flipping it on the side, like, yes, prayer and the sacraments and stuff that can help us. But it having anxiety, right, doesn't mean you don't have a strong enough faith or doesn't mean you're not enough or good enough or, or or it doesn't mean that you're bad either, right? For to your point, absolutely. And I do believe that that is the crux, and that's why I want to be on podcasts. That's why, like, I feel God put me out like on this mission to change the narrative because mm-hmm. of mental health. Because what happens, as you said, like counselors are intimidating, right? The whole mm-hmm. process of mental health is scary, and in some ways, I think it keeps people from realizing that we're actually pretty funny. And we love you and we just want to help. Like, um, and I really feel this passion that like I'm being called to like share this message that like mental health doesn't mean that there's a problem. Like it can be Mm -hmm. proactive and good and, you know, beneficial. And we work with the sacraments in that. Sure. Um, I'd love for you to kind of expand on that a little bit more and talk about how like, because I think some people think like prayer's enough, like just keep praying, just keep praying more, keep praying more, and like your anxiety is going to go away. And sometimes that's not enough, right? So how either do we realize when we need to pray, but we also need, you know, actual help from, from a professional or, you know, walk us through that a little bit. Yeah. So I like to give the example of like that we all have holes. So things okay. that happen in our lives that we don't like. And this could be, you know, abuse, neglect, or parents that aren't the best parents and those type of things. But sometimes their personalities, like half my caseload are introverts who the world have told should be extroverts. So there must be something wrong with them, right? So there are these holes in our lives that we want to go away. So we fill them up with sand. And that can be your traditional kind of drugs, alcohol, sex, but they also can be depression, anxiety, eating, not eating, control, like, but whatever it is, for a second, it feels good, right? Why do people do drugs? Because they work for a little bit, you feel good, right? But then what happens is we try to build our house on top of this hole. Mm -hmm. And what happens when you build a house on sand? It falls. Yeah. And then what do people do? They're like, I know what I need to do, more sand, So I do more of the same behavior and I shove it in even deeper, right? Shove, shove it in, build the house, and then it falls. And so when you know that like you might need more assistance is if you're sitting on the edge of your house, of your hole, and your house has fallen, and you're like, oh, I'm so tired. I keep building this house and it keeps falling, right? So what we do in counseling is we are going to clear out the sand and give structure to that hole and make a basement. So it gives structure, but you don't have to live in it. Um, I grew up living as a daughter of an alcoholic until I realized that I was Catherine, whose dad was an alcoholic. Yes, it is part of my story. Yes, I do need to understand that. And I think that's the big difference between like, when does counseling become helpful? Yes, prayer can come and do amazing benefits. 
but a lot of times if someone gets cancer, most people are going to go to a doctor because God gave doctors to help with cancer, right? And there's medicines and those are the gifts. And so the best relationships I have are with priests who understand like, I'm like, these are the spiritual needs. You got them. And they're like, these are counseling needs. You got them. And as counselors, we really help to like kind of clear and create that basement. So there's understanding and tools to help you. And yes, bring Jesus in because he is going to help us so much, but there's also skills that help. So if you're on the edge of your hole, tired of building a house that keeps falling. And if you have a husband, a lot of times they're like, look, let's build our house over two holes. And if we just build the house together, it will be perfect. Except one house falls and then builds up the other house falls. And yeah. yeah. Sometimes yeah. we have to get that structure in those holes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a great, it's a great analogy. And it's very, it's very clear. Like you can kind of understand that. And I'm sure we're all sitting here thinking of that, like those moments in which we've been building on sand and we're like, oh, this isn't working. This isn't working. Um, that's great. And two, to your point of like, yeah, there are things that are spiritual needs that the priest can take care of in confession and spiritual direction and that kind of thing. And then there are things that are mental health needs that the priests aren't even trained to take care of. And that's what a counselor is trained to take care of. And, and that's mm-hmm. different. It's different than confession. It's different than spiritual direction and that they both have lanes, right. And, and sometimes really important lanes in, in getting us forward, right. Progressing. Yes. Great. Yes, I love it. Absolutely. Um, okay. Catherine, any last big, nuggets you want to share with our audience that they need to know about anxiety um, as adults today? You are good. Do not believe the lies of the world. And um, you were created good. You are loved. And anything that you're saying right now in your head, like, yeah, but if she knew, honestly, I probably know. And I am telling you those things do not change how good you are. And like God wants your healing and he wants to be there helping you. He has given counselors to support. There are resources out there. Like you can, you don't have to allow anxiety to rule your life because you are good. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. So if people want to find you, if they want to learn more, how can they do that? Yeah, so I have a website called Sacred Heart Mental Wellness. You can Google it, but sacredheartmentalwellness.com. And I created it as a website to help people who are afraid of counseling or maybe not ready or people who want to be proactive of their mental health or maybe they love someone who has mental health struggles and they have no idea how to help them. So Mm -hmm. they are short, condensed resources that help you understand your mental wellness. So there's my book is on that website. Um, there's videos. I offer classes. And they're all ways to the tools that I wish everyone understood in life in general, but also to help with um, if you're going to go into counseling, it is a lot of things that will help you to get off on a very productive foot. Mm-hmm. And then I also offer my services to come to women's groups, parishes, priests. Um, You can buy my book in bulk. I really feel for those who are on the front lines of schools and parishes because there is a tsunami of mental health needs that people are not trained. And so again, I'm trying to offer my services to people to, you can go on Sacred Heart Mental Wellness, book me to come to your um, parish and I can train staff. I can work with students to, again, give some of the tools that will help 
kind of triage some of the mental health needs and support you um, in what you're doing. Yeah, I can see that as being so especially helpful now as most schools are back to norm, normal pre-pandemic, you know, attendance and days and schedules yeah. and yet they're taking in all these kids that have had three years basically of a lot of chaos in their lives. Um, so I could see how that could be so helpful and so useful for so many people and parishes and schools. I just met with a bunch of high schoolers at a conference in Wichita. And what was really proud of me is I pretty much was just loving them and helping them understand that they are good and what their challenges is. And so many parents came up to me and said, you were their favorite part of the conference. And that they felt heard and seen. And so really people, I, I hope that administrators and various people realize that kids need this, someone to say, it's okay to have these mental health struggles. And here's all the ways that we can love and help you and help you sure. walk through that. Yep. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, well, that kind of, we're at the end of our time. So it kind of concludes it. Thank you so much, Catherine. This was an amazing conversation. I really appreciate it. We will also share the link to your website and all that in the show notes. So people will be able to catch you there as well. Wonderful. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ferris Love Shrine podcast. If you enjoyed it, we'd love for you to share the episode with family and friends and visit us at ferrisloveshrine.org to learn more about our project.